You don't need to get rid of your nine to five in order to reap the benefits of business ownership. There are options that allow you to stay in your nine to five, but also invest in other things and maybe more of a semi-absentee role. Welcome to Your Career Revolution Podcast, the place where you will learn how to reimagine and reclaim the life of your dreams. I am your host, Courtney Dykstra-House, and I am joined by Tamara Loring, who's the Chief of Brand Ideology at The Entrepreneur Source, and Marissa Freus, who is the CEO at The Entrepreneur Source. Both of these women, oh, they have a deep passion to see you live out your self-sufficient dreams. So ladies, once again, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Always excited to be here. Well, this podcast is based on the book, Your Career Revolution. And over the next four episodes, we are going to continue breaking down this book chapter by chapter. That way, by the end, you can start experiencing success and turn your dreams into a reality. So if you have not listened to the first three episodes, go back and listen to those before diving in with us today. Now, in our first two episodes, we discussed why people feel like revolting. Then, in our last episode, we started to show you how to reimagine a better, more prosperous future. And today, we're going to continue that conversation by examining the various vehicles you can use to explore options that will allow you to move past trading time for money. So, let me start by asking, what are some of the most common options for people if they want to stop trading time for money? Thank you so much, Courtney. Like you said, once again, such an exciting podcast because today is about reimagining your future. We want to challenge you, our listeners, to think about the pros and cons of various different vehicles, whether it be the job market, investments, entrepreneurship, business ownership. Regardless of the vehicle, the goal is to see how these or a combination of these align with your income, lifestyle, wealth and equity, goals, needs and expectations. The objective today will be to keep an open mind. And rather than having the mindset, uh, well, I don't know, I don't think this is going to work for me. What if you embrace the mindset of what would it take and who would I need to become to make this work? How can I leverage these different vehicles to allow me to move past just trading time for money? I mean, how exciting would that thought be? Oh, gosh. Yes and amen, as some would say. (laughs) That's great. So let's talk about job market. This is interesting because I've heard people say in order to stop trading time for money, you've got to get rid of the nine to five. You got to get it out of here. But you're saying that that's not true. Yeah, fantastic question, Courtney. And I'm actually going to give you two completely different ways to look at this. So First, it doesn't need to be an all-or-nothing approach. You don't need to get rid of your 9-to-5 in order to reap the benefits of business ownership. There are options that allow you to stay in your 9-to-5, but also invest in other things and maybe more of a semi-absentee role. So that is certainly an option. But here is a completely different view. So you heard us talk about the different vehicles to success. And one of those options is staying solely in corporate America. The truth is, business ownership is not for everyone. Many are comfortable with a little less control over their workload and schedule if it means they don't have to be responsible for things like payroll, managing people, making major decisions, and really can just go home at the end of the day and leave their jobs behind. 
We've been talking about peeling back the layers to truly understand what your goals, needs, and expectations may be. And this is why it's even more important to do this and maybe work with someone like a career ownership coach who can really help you explore all of those vehicles to determine what's best for your unique goals. I love that. So for those who don't feel that way, maybe the people who were never meant to be an employee, the things that you were listing, they're like, yeah, I'm happy not having any of those things. You mentioned investments being an option for them. What type of mindset and strategy does someone need to invest successfully? Yeah, look, professional investing is not for everyone. And investing can really span the gamut, right? There are short-term investments, long-term investments, reactive investments, proactive investments, some people investing in startups, some in the markets, real estate, gas, oil, you name it, right? There's a plethora of things. But I think first and foremost, figure out whether you want to be a passive investor or an active investor. Many of us are actually passive investors. We may not even think about ourselves as such, but if you have entrusted a financial advisor or if you have money in the market, right, or a 401k or a retirement plan, you are actually a passive investor, meaning that you're not proactive, you're being reactive. You have relinquished control to someone else or the market. And not that there's anything wrong with that. You know, many use this as a diversified strategy, but just realize that you don't have any control of how that investment pans out if you're a reactive investor. I mean, time and time again, our founder would say to me, Tamara, hope is not a strategy. So if you're going to be a reactive investor, just understand that you have no control. Or if you're going to be a proactive investor, just understand what type of investment would be best suited for you. And I already gave you a bunch of examples of what that could look like, you know, whether it's real estate, the stock market, or you name it. I love that. Well, let's chat for a minute about entrepreneurship and business ownership, because this is a very important topic. Actually, we're not going to spend a little bit of time. I think it's important to spend a lot of time because this is major. So a lot of people think that they want to be their own boss, but most people have no idea what they'd actually be signing up for. I was one of those people before I started entrepreneurship. I had no idea what I didn't know. So what are some of the questions someone should be able to answer about themselves to ensure that they're in the right mindset and have the right expectations about it? Yeah, you're not alone in that, Courtney. (laughs) And also, I love that you bring up mindset in this question because really mindset is everything. And I think you've heard us talk about mindset a lot through this series, but These are questions that you can make sure you're asking yourself when you're going into exploring this vehicle and doing so with an open and positive mind and definitely having the right expectations as well. So first question, do you identify with being an entrepreneur? Do you have an entrepreneurial itch? Second question, if you desire being an entrepreneur, what is driving that motivation? Third, Are you so disenchanted with your job that striking out on your own feels like the right thing to do? Question four, have you always had the desire to be your own boss? And last question, or is it that you have an idea that's haunting you and keeping you up at night, a product or service that you wish to bring to the marketplace? Those are great questions. And for any listener here, I want you to like pause, rewind, write those down because those are important. Thank you for sharing that. Tamara, did you have anything to add? 
I actually did because, you know, one of the things that Marissa spoke about is what is your purpose for wanting to become a business owner or going into business for yourself? And one of the things that Michael Gerber, author of The E-Myth Revisited, speaks about, it's a book about why most small businesses don't work and what to do about it. He says, the excitement of independence associated with getting rid of a boss is almost always fueled by a flawed understanding of what being on your own means. So what happens is most small businesses are actually started by technicians rather than true entrepreneurs. Going back to some of those questions Marissa asked, right? Like, what is your why? Do you have this idea that you want to bring to the marketplace or is it forced entrepreneurship? And unfortunately, the technician believes in the fatal assumption that because he or she knows how to do the work, whether it be, let's say you're a graphic designer or an engineer or a great cook, right? You think that you can turn that capacity into a business that frees you from the boss. So the graphic designer starts a graphic design business, the cook opens up a restaurant and so forth. But instead of freeing themselves from the boss, they have become their own boss. And they're now with absolutely no understanding of how it just happened, working for a lunatic, doing what they know how to do, but in greater volume than before, right? So that is the definition of insanity. But sometimes, you know, just because you know how to be the technician doesn't necessarily know how to be a business owner or develop a great enterprise. So just something that I want to highlight there. Well, and let me add this. I want to sit on this for just a second, because just because you don't identify with being an entrepreneur does not mean that you cannot be a good or successful business owner. And the reason I want to harp on this is because I used to have that limiting belief. For the longest time, I made it mean that I had to settle and just deal with the devil I know, the job market, versus the devil I don't, entrepreneurship and business ownership. Look, granted, As with all vehicles, business ownership has an inherent risks. Just like not all jobs are equally bad or good, not all investments are exceptionally risky, and not all business formats are created equally either. You don't necessarily have to identify with being an entrepreneur like an Elon Musk or a Richard Branson turns out to be a successful business owner. So, you know, business formats can range from independent businesses to franchise concepts. Believe it or not, they probably span over 80 or 90 or maybe even 100 different industry sectors. So when you think about business ownership and entrepreneurship, don't think it's an exclusive club and that you cannot belong to it. Yes, there are going to be some who have this why. They've got this burning desire of this thing that they want to bring to the marketplace. But entrepreneurship is not just reserved for them. You too can leverage someone else's business, somebody else's system or proven model and be in business for yourself and maybe not by yourself. So just wanted to add that, Courtney. I'm glad that you did because in anything in life, we tend to compare ourselves to the most successful. Like you mentioned Elon Musk. He is the wealthiest man in the world. You know, but when we go into, say, entrepreneurship, it's like, oh, well, I can't be Elon Musk. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to be Elon Musk. There are so many options that, as you're saying, that can be individualized to you, and you can have success in entrepreneurship in a different way. The moment that you start comparing yourself to these huge business people, I think, is the moment that you stunt yourself. Exactly. And that's when you shut down, right? And then you don't do anything. So this is really an invitation to start taking baby steps and just educate yourself and figure out what's out there. I love that. Okay. So 
I know that most people prefer to have a proven roadmap to follow and this team to support them. Oh, if only we could have the assistant and this and that. But we just talked about how independent business ownership is the opposite of that. You are doing everything yourself. So is there another option for people? There definitely is. And actually, franchise ownership, which Teal alluded to just a moment ago, could be the perfect option. This really provides the best of both worlds for someone that isn't interested in doing everything all on their own. You're still taking control of your destiny and going into business for yourself, but you're not doing it by yourself. First, I do think it's important to dispel a myth that franchising is just fast food and french fries. That statement couldn't be any more incorrect. There are dozens upon dozens of industries in the franchise sector, and the majority of franchise companies started as independent businesses that reached a certain level of success and decided to scale up by sharing their winning formula with people who are willing to follow their proven system. Franchisors, the companies that franchise their business, share their experience with franchisees, which are those who invest in the opportunity. The franchisor will provide them with comprehensive training, support programs, and the roadmap to replicate business results. So if that sounds exciting to you, then franchising may certainly be something to explore. That's interesting. So knowing that someone would be partnering with the company to build their business, do you need to have experience in that franchise business? Gosh, you know, the following fact, Courtney, blew me away because it went against everything I believe to be true. The answer is no, you do not have to have experience in a business or industry to be a successful franchisee. Actually, if you know too much, you may actually become a liability. You may think, how's that even possible? How can I have too much knowledge and experience in a certain industry? Well, because your tendency may be, rather than to follow their proven methodology and their system, you start to tinker with it and you change it. But remember, they have a proven system. And in order for you to get predictable results, you have to follow their system, just like a recipe. As a matter of fact, we talk about the acronym system. Do you know what it stands for? I don't. It's if you follow a proven system, you save yourself significant time, energy, and money. And so if you don't follow the system, if you tinker with the proven methodology, you'll actually end up costing yourself significant time, energy, and money as opposed to saving yourself significant time, energy, and money. I mean, I know it sounds counterintuitive. That was one of the things where I'm like, how can this even possibly be true? But if you think about a real-life example, right, my coach helped me by saying, T, think about a gourmet chef who maybe went to the Culinary Institute of America, spent years fine-tuning and honing those skills, and now they want to become a McDonald's franchisee, the McDonald's corporation may say, do you know what? We don't want anybody to tinker or meddle with our proven methodology. We're not in the gourmet burger business. We're in the speedy service business. So when you think about it that way, franchises often offer you the proven path, the playbook, if you want to call it that, and they are looking for people who are going to work on the business as opposed to people who are going to meddle with the recipe. You know, it reminds me, as you were saying that, about an example being somebody who loves cars and knows a little bit about fixing a car versus just taking it to a technician. You could be causing more damage to the car as you're trying to fix it on your own versus taking it somewhere and them saying, okay, this is actually the problem. Like, you could be fixing a problem that isn't even there because you're like, oh, let me try. Let me let me just try. I feel like I know a little bit about this or you have a passion for it and so you're going to try to tinker. So I think that speaks to your message 
message of when you have the right people who have a proven method who can say, I've done this for a long time and I can help you. And I know that you have a little bit of experience or maybe you have a passion for it, but I have the proven track record that will help bring those things together for you and have a successful product and help you get your car back out on the road. (laughs) Well, I know that there are seven myths of franchise ownership in this book, so let's walk through each of these. Myth number one is finding the right business will make me successful. Hmm. Why is this not true? (laughs) So there really is not a right or wrong business or even a hot concept of the day, if you will. What may be good for one person may not be great for the next. So even though each franchise system gives their franchisees that proven system to follow, it's up to the individual to make it work. If you look at the most successful franchise concepts today, some owners do extremely well and there are some who don't. And why is that? One way to find out is to discover what successful owners did, then do some self-reflection and determine whether you're willing to do what it takes to be one of the successful owners. So to really summarize, the business does not make you successful. You make the business successful. I like that. Myth number two, this is an interesting one. The secret to success is to find a career doing something that you love. Oh, man, I hear this all the time. Do something that you love. Do something that you love. Do something that you're passionate about. How can doing that actually hinder your success? I know, right, Courtney? Because, I mean, we've all heard that we need to find a career doing something that we love. And yet, like I spoke about before, most businesses founded on an owner's passion, background, knowledge, experience, they're actually the ones who have the highest incidence of failure. Ouch, Hmm. right? I mean, it seems so counterintuitive. But if you create a business around a hobby or a passion and you ignore the other important business elements, the thing that you used to love so much will actually turn into the thing that you dread. So it's just something to be careful of. Look, there are mavericks out there that pursue their crazy dreams all the time, but they learn how to turn it into a business. And thank goodness for those people, right? Because every great business concept on earth today started off as somebody else's crazy idea, but they had the perseverance and they had the stick to figure out how to make that happen. But we're not all like that. On the flip side, right? So you say, okay, if I don't pursue something I love, you know, should I do something I hate? Well, don't think about it this way, right? But don't restrict yourself to only the things that you already have experience in or that you already love today. Because if you do that, you actually shut out an entire universe of possibilities of things that you potentially could grow to love. You just don't know about them yet. I like this because I think as you were saying that, it almost creates this sense of you get to protect the thing that you really love. And I say this because when people start business ownership in something that they're very passionate about, and then they realize all of these other aspects of business ownership with the administrative side, they get burnt out not only from that, but from their passion. And so therefore they don't even do it anymore. So the thing that they went in most passionate about is now the thing that that was a hobby. They have no longer even entertained it for years or decades because of that. So I think that's a really cool way of thinking about this too. Like preserve the thing that you actually really love love to do, and then be open-minded to things that you haven't considered yet. For sure. 
Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about myth number three. I know the right opportunity when I see it. I'm going to know what it is. So why is leading with this type of emotion not the best strategy, and what should we be doing instead? Yeah, I wish it were that simple. Believing (laughs) that you'll fall in love at first sight with something is, in my opinion, just a complete trap. Many people tend to make an emotional connection with their career and then invest tons into it only to find that it doesn't meet their unique goals, needs, and expectations. So my advice is don't make an impulsive or emotional decision. Gather all of the facts and be willing to keep an open mind, which means don't prematurely dismiss options. Really be willing to learn about all of the possibilities available to you. And I think you saying that it's important. That's why having somebody alongside of you, you know, like a coach, to be able to say, hey, hey, you're getting close-minded. You're getting close-minded. Hey, hey, keep an open mind is so important. Definitely. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about myth number four. I can't be in the fill in the blank type of business. I don't know a thing about that type of business. Why should people not be fearful of not knowing a lot about a franchise business before starting to explore it? I mean, like we said before, it does sound crazy, right? Because your intuition would say, I need to know more about it. But you can basically put whatever into that blank because if you get the idea of working on the business versus in the business, you will actually hire the people, the technicians that need to do that technical work, right? So if you think about your role as being in the business of growing a business rather than buying yourself the technical job, you basically can be an any business you desire to be in. I know when that clicked in my head, I realized that I can participate in 60, 80, 90, 100 different types of industries. And so the world became my oyster. I can do and be absolutely everything. And that is so exhilarating. That is so empowering. But it took me a while because (laughs) if the listeners are like me, I initially thought, that sounds impossible. That goes against everything I've ever knew to be true. I mean, you go to school, you work on your resume so that people hire you for your expertise. Certainly, that's where success needs to be coming from. And turns out, that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes you know too much and that becomes your downfall. Yeah, I mean, you just hit on what I was thinking, knowing that we have been built as a society to enter a workforce with experience. And we've been told all of our lives that no one's even going to look at you if you don't have this experience. And so changing this mindset, changing this belief is something that might take some time. You mentioned it's like, this is not something you just wake up one day and believe, you know, it takes time and it takes somebody else coming in and reinforcing that truth. And then obviously once you see results in that and you start to see what's possible, then it's just like this momentum that continues to move you forward. All right, well, let's talk about myth number five. Corporate headquarters will dictate everything. Uh, What things do you actually get to control as a franchise owner? I love that we're dispelling some of these myths because one has way more control over their business than what they might assume. Franchisors provide the framework, but as the franchisee, you manage, market, and promote the business. You're really the one in charge because you are the business owner. Franchising is based on an interdependent win-win relationship. The franchisors don't win unless you win. And in fact, many of the best improvements that you see in a franchise system came from feedback from the franchisee. The fact is there has never been a successful franchisor without successful franchisees. That's great. And I think too, it's great knowing that 
on the flip side, like you have people to help you with things that again, like on the administrative side or on the branding side that you're like, oh gosh, I just, I don't know. And it's so comforting to know that somebody can raise their hand and say, I know. And I've done a lot of market research on it. So just trust us, as you said, trust us because we have a proven roadmap and you get to lean into that. And then you get to focus on, as you mentioned tomorrow, then growing your business. Mm, Big time. All right. Let's talk about myth number six. I can't be creative in a franchise. Is there actually room for people's ideas to be seen and heard and executed? Oh, so much more than you would actually think. Look, creativity comes in managing and marketing this proven process, and there's plenty of room for your ideas. Now, granted, you know, a franchisor, as a matter of fact, it always cracks me up because our founder would say, the first year, please spare us your brilliance. I mean this very lovingly, but you've invested in a proven system. So give the system a chance to work for you. But then over time, quite honestly, even when you look at the most successful brands on earth today, most of their innovation and ideas did not come from the parent company. They actually came from franchisees. So once you follow the proven system and you get the results, there's absolutely room for creativity, way more than you would imagine. That's great. I've also heard too that sometimes as a franchisee, they present things to the people who are creating these designs or having ideas and then they listen to them. So it's not just this listen to what we say and do what we do. Like it feels as though that there is this partnership where you can pitch ideas and then it might actually flourish into something bigger. Is that true? Look, not all franchisors are created equally, but absolutely. One of the things that I think I underestimated initially was the sense of community that you get to be a part of. And you're absolutely right. There are teams that work on future initiatives, teams that test technology. So the right franchisor is actually a community where people, the thought that comes to mind is where a rising tide raises all ships, where they elevate the brand, they protect the brand, they grow the brand, they're very involved with the brand. So that That is absolutely true. At least that has been my experience witnessing hundreds, literally hundreds of franchises out there. Well, we trust that because you've witnessed a hundred more than I have. (laughs) (laughs) All right. This is the last myth. Myth number seven, a franchise requires more money than I can afford. All right. How are people able to make a franchise business possible without stressing so much about the finances up front? Yeah, I would challenge that thinking. First, some of our most successful clients have seen acquiring the rights to operate a franchise as an investment. And you would look at any investment you make as something you plan on getting a return on. So I think looking at it that way is important. But second, I also think individuals have this idea that franchises are all these large companies that require hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars. That's also a myth. Most of our clients are amazed at the array of different industries there are in franchising, as well as the different investment levels that go along with it, which makes business ownership through franchising attainable for all investment levels. And I think that's why it's also important to keep an open mind and be willing to go through that education, awareness, and discovery to really understand all of the possibilities that are available to you. That's great because there are a lot of possibilities as we have been learning in this episode. All right, there are thousands of franchise companies to choose from. You guys have talked about this and hinted at it in this whole conversation today. So a lot of decisions people got to make with that. It can feel very overwhelming very quickly. So for those who are interested in entertaining the idea of becoming a franchisee, how do people not get bogged down by all of the questions that they're starting to form in their mind? 
Yeah, this is definitely not the time to start making decisions and it can certainly feel overwhelming, right? I mean, there are so many possibilities. Maybe for some, it may actually even feel exhilarating, exciting, but you're absolutely right, Courtney. This is not the time to get bogged down. Give yourself permission to learn. You have barely just begun your journey of a discovery. So a great way to come to terms with and reflect on the thoughts that we shared here today would be to re-listen to this podcast. Or maybe if you're so inclined, why not pick up a copy of the book or perhaps even listen to the audible so that you can absorb the information in a different way. And heck, you know, if you're serious about making some meaningful change in your life, Maybe it's even the time to challenge yourself and check in with a career ownership coach. We have made a pledge to the world that if you are willing to invest in yourself, we are willing to invest in you. We have done this, literally. This part is thousands, like hundreds of thousands of times, where we can absolutely help you figure out how to eat that big elephant one bite at a time, right? You don't need to figure it all out. You don't need to jump off cliffs or do anything reckless, but just give yourself permission to learn what's possible. I love that. That is a great idea. We have put a link to connect with a coach in our show notes. So for anyone that's interested in exploring that, I mean, I would, because just listening to you guys, I'm like, you guys are awesome. Why would I not want to even just entertain that? Why would I not want to even just open up my mind to the possibilities that you guys have shown? So if you guys are interested, again, we have put a link in the show notes so you can start that process. Well, if this episode has piqued your interest on business ownership, then you have got to check out one of the entrepreneurs resources, live events near you. Yes, live. If you love the energy of this podcast, then you are going to love the energy that you're going to experience in person. So just go to theentrepreneurresource.com forward slash events to get your tickets today. Again, that is entrepreneurresource.com forward slash events to grab your tickets. And of course, I've got a link to that in the show notes for you. Ladies, Thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, and just hanging out with me. You're just so cool. <laughs> Likewise. Always so much fun. <laughs> Thanks for me. <laughs> well, guys, business ownership doesn't have to be everyone else's success story. You've heard that from both of these ladies today. It can be yours too. So never forget, keep an open mind and always remember what's possible. We'll see you next time. 